You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. This is Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, I guess it's the We Are Libertarians East out, East Coast Outpost. It's Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, I am the guy that stole a board from, uh, from dear leader Chris Spangle. He has decided that this podcast has to be called The Boss Hog of Liberty. So I don't know how, when people ask me what the name of my podcast is, I sheepishly have to say... Oh, it's the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. Uh, joining me today on my left is Greg Jr., uh, Mr. Dakota Davis, making his second appearance. I guess he's an official co-host now. Welcome. An official co-host at this point. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited that you didn't get run off. We both we both lost our dates. We had our the ladies were here last time, and here we are with just a room full of dudes now. <laughs> One time, and it was enough. They'd had enough. Yeah, I I, I, I think Sarah will probably want to get back on here, but I don't know. Do you think Audrey's coming back? Well, I asked Audrey if she would come back tonight, and this was only like 30 minutes ago. She said, well, I just painted my fingernails. So <laughs> She's washing her hair. She painted yeah. her fingernails. She painted she her fingernails. So that it's couldn't possibly do tonight. this. No. All right. And then in the third chair tonight, we, we do have a, a guest. I keep running across this guy all over the place. <laughs> Seriously. This is Patrick Calvert. Patrick, welcome. Hey, not, I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited. That's awesome. So, Patrick... Uh, uh, you're not necessarily a libertarian, but you're, you're you're intermingling, and you have some friends yeah. that identify as yeah, libertarians, exactly. I guess, yeah. right? Yep. Um, do you do you want me? Yeah, to go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm 20. Um, I go to Ball State University. I'm a journalism major, um, and I write for my daily new my newspaper here in Newcastle, and then my student newspaper. I've done some work for the Indianapolis Star. Um, I'm actually the political reporter, so this is kind of appropriate. This is really cool. It's perfect. Um, yeah, I've actually got a. I interviewed Gary Johnson when he went to Purdue um, when he went up there, um, and I've been to Trump rallies, um, lots of state stuff. You've, you've had a chance to cover an awful lot of stuff. So yeah. it, I've been pat- friends with Patrick for two or three years now, mm-hmm. I think, something like that, and at, through high school and and now mm-hmm. in your your college career. Mm-hmm. You first of all, you picked one of the best schools to go to for you know. I know it's a school ten minutes down the road yeah. from you. But, I mean, if you want to be involved in, in sports media or just the regular journalism side, yeah. Ball State is the choice, man. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um, I don't know. Ah, I, I skip class all the time to do journalism stuff, <laughs> and now it's kind of biting me this past, like, I, I haven't slept. Uh, I've been awake for 24 hours now, because <laughs> last night I was like, I just got to do all my work, and... So I'm still going though. I'm on coffee. It's and you're, yeah. Uh, you, I, you can tell that you really like the journalism thing. Like, hey, you want to do a podcast that nobody listens to? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'll yeah. stay up for 24 hours to do your yeah, podcast. Let's go. There were, there were 16 people that listened last time. I mean, we're we're reaching. Uh, out. We're doing well. We're not yeah, at the tadcast cool. level, but we're making it. Yeah. You got persevere. You got to keep we're up with it. it. We're, we're yeah. just getting started. We're throwing yeah. out good content. And I think uh, I think we're actually going to do really well. When we had 16 listeners. Spangle hadn't put it in the real feed yet, so those are people that ah. like found it on Facebook well, or course. shared. Now that it's in the real feed, I think we're probably. I honestly think I haven't got numbers from him, but I'm sure we're well over a thousand people on the first list. So. Yeah, I would assume. So. And I think if he, if, if your leader twelve hundred, yeah, if your leader's benevolent enough to put this one in there too, I think we're going to do okay. <laughs> so, so I've known Patrick for a while. You've done. You, I mean, you've done some really um, cool stuff. You spent yeah, time at the Indy Star. Yep. 
Um, you were at, you were at Ferguson, right? I went to Ferguson. I wasn't even in college yet, and I did a video for the Indianapolis. That's crazy. So you're a high school kid, <laughs> yeah. And you awesome. get in the car and you drive to St. Louis by myself, um, and because I had, I was just like, oh, I'll go on cover whatever on Twitter. I had a website, whatever. Um, but then I found out that some Indianapolis activists were coming up, and I had like covered them in the past, like on Twitter or whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. But um, then I called the Indianapolis Star and was like, hey, I'm already here, and like these people are from Indianapolis. They're with like the Black Lives Matter group, yeah. and they came to protest. So I was like, shit, like, I got to do the story. I got to do a video. I just sucked at writing at that point. So I just did – I did a video with my phone actually. It turned out pretty well um, because I was an idiot and I broke my camera the night before. But <laughs> it was exciting. It, it's interesting. I don't know. I love to be out there. Well, this is – we are libertarians. We're used to correspondents making terrible mistakes. Yeah. We yeah. sent Tanner <laughs> – oh. we sent Tanner Purdue okay, I heard to about, Washington. <laughs> I heard about that. And, and he, <laughs> he, he, he was supposed to be out there, take videos, and, and report back for the We Are Libertarians Empire. And he literally gets to Richmond, Indiana, 20 oh. miles down the road, drops his phone in the coffee, and all he's able to yeah. do over the next 20 miles is f- type phones F-U-K-D. Yeah, I've post. never seen that. And that's yeah. all we got. That was the entire report from Tanner. We didn't even think he actually went, but he, we got pictures. Yeah. He, went to the, he went to the inauguration. Things happen. Like, he, I, I understand. Like, so, you, I mean, you were able to actually make, a, make, a, make stuff happen out there and you, you at Ferguson. And yeah. You, you, I went to the Republican National Convention, too. You, yeah, that was last summer. So yeah. I saw you again la- at That's the Kennedy really County cool. 4-H Fair. Oh, yep. And you oh, were covering... Right you were covering... The, yeah, you were, like, yeah. leaving the next day. So, yeah. You had covered the outdoor cooking. Yeah. Judging. Yep. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you have to pay to get into the RNC? Okay, so I went on my own because I just like to do this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't actually get into, like, the stadium or anything. Oh, okay. And I was there not writing for anybody, um, but I was going to tie it back to Indiana somehow and get it published in my college paper. So I actually went to this um, LGBT, like pro-LGBT um, Trump like uh, party, and they weren't going to let me in um, because I was kind of an idiot. And I said, there's drinks and stuff. And I was like, hey, can I get a pass in here and all this stuff? And for some reason, I told him I was 19. I was a 19 at the time. And he wasn't going to let me in, but I just bugged him and he let me in. But um, I saw some big names there. I guess some big names. I guess if you want to call it the alt-right or the far-right or yeah. whatever. But Milo was there. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Milo was there. Um, Nobody protested Milo that day, did they? No, they loved him in there. Oh, my. It oh, was, yeah, I uh, bet uh, they did. Gert, you know Gert Wilders? Yeah. He's a far-right, I think, from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there. There's a lot of people there. Um, I'm not sure. Do you guys know Mike Cernovich? Or? I don't think I know that name. Yeah, I don't know that I'm the most either. poorly read libertarian on the uh, face of the earth, Patrick. Uh, it's cool. I'm I just, nerd, I just read so. you know, anything you write, basically. Yeah, but hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. I try to do my best. So, But I pretty much wrote a story about tying it back to Mike Pence. That was my tie back right. to Indiana. Absolutely. Talked to uh, LGBT supporters, whatever. But yeah, so that was cool, too. All right. <laughs> so, And then Patrick and I run across each other in the most random places. So when... <laughs> When we did the last podcast, Sarah and I were getting ready to take a take our spring break. I had I think I had just gone to DC for some stuff I do with Purdue University and and then we flew out to Las Vegas. We went from Vegas out to LA, saw some family in LA and had a great time. And then the last two days of the trip were insane. We drove from Los Angeles to Phoenix, through the desert, through the mountains, hung out with some family there, saw the botanical gardens in Phoenix, and then the next morning we got up I was wearing shorts. It was 85 degrees. It was beautiful. 
and we said, let's go after the Grand Canyon Hoover Dam and finish out in Vegas. Got in the car, 80 degrees, we're in the desert, and I swear to God, two hours later, we're 7,000 feet altitude, and there's pine trees everywhere, and it's 30 degrees, and I'm in a snowstorm, and I can't stop laughing. I'm just, I'm just laughing uncontrollably, because, you know, we, we were, it was... 95 degrees the day before we're in the joshua tree national monument or whatever and then you're you know it's just so diverse out there so much going on so we, we checked out the grand canyon it was cool got to see it you can uh, jump on my facebook and, and see some of the grand canyon pictures and the videos I, I, it was like it was raining dipping dots on us it was like vanilla dipping dots hitting us it was nuts <laughs> and we ran over to the grand canyon or to uh to the hoover dam saw that i'm in engineering and bridge construction and dam construction so that was a really cool thing to go see and then got to Vegas like 7 o'clock, and our flight was leaving the next morning at 6. So we're like, we are not getting a hotel room. We're going to hang out, have a good time. And I'm looking on Snapchat, and I see the same filter I've been using, the Las Vegas filter. And on Patrick's page, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck, man? He's stalking me. It's crazy. So, so I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he, he's, he, you were having In-N-Out, right? You yeah. tried the In-N-Out yeah, burger for I the first time? I just had In-N-Out, and... I was super close to you when you commented on my Facebook post or something like that. Yeah, you're like a half block away. Yeah, and we were I was both on the strip. Like, oh it's amazing. My. It was crazy. It was yeah. perfectly lined up. Like, yeah. What are the chances of that happening, though? It's ridiculous. But, you know, it, well, Vegas is a place. Like, if you're going to meet somebody, like, if you go to D.C. or you go to Orlando or you go to Vegas or something, I guess, that's, that's a pretty good yeah. chance you're going to meet somebody right. you know or somebody's yeah. going to be in town where you're there, right? But, yeah, he was like a half block away, and Sarah had gotten tired, and, you know, we'd, we'd driven all day. We'd driven, like, 500 miles, and then we're like, hey, we're in Vegas. So I was there to party and have a good time. So we went to an all-you-can-eat buffet and unlimited drinks, so I was half lit. <laughs> and we had Pat met us. Uh, <laughs> Vegas, so I think... At least the understanding I have. Uh, depending upon your age, Vegas can be more fun or less fun. Exactly. Yeah. And Patrick is like 10 minutes from being 21, <laughs> yeah, and he's exactly. in Las Vegas on spring break with his brother and his mom and dad. Oh, my God. So um, you're you're able to get into the casinos, but you can't put any money in them, Mr. Yeah. Papa Giorgio, right? Yeah, as long as I don't get caught. I didn't right. do it, so I wasn't breaking the law or anything, I guess. Right. But uh, – I had, my parents had just, my mom and my sister had just got out of the Britney Spears concert in the same building yeah. or something. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw your parents, yeah. And they were like, come meet up with me. And I felt like I was being babysitted. Like, they were drinking. They were, I, I was thinking, I can have more fun in Muncie on the weekend. <laughs> like, that sounds crazy. But, um, Muncie or Vegas? Patrick's the one guy who says, <laughs> yeah, oh, you know what? Let's go to, let's my, go to Muncie. My friends were like, Patrick, because I was posting on Snapchat, I kind of wish I was in Muncie. And they were like, I would trade places with you right now. And I was just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, so so Sarah was done. She went to the parking garage to just like to, to call it a night. So I was thrilled Patrick was there and we That was perfect. We man. walked around, hung out and checked out the uh, I think we went down and placed a bet. We got yeah. to the uh that cool sports the like, Venetian. Bet. Yeah, we yeah, went to the yeah. Venetian and the Palazzo and got to their sports book. It was great. It was mm-hmm. a fun, really cool place. So I'm like legitimately I the next two or three days I got home and I'm like, I'm gonna make a trip to Vegas just to go hang out for three or four days and actually see the city and have some time. But I was like the Walking Dead when you when you walked back yeah, with me to the dude, to, I, uh, I had driven all day. You looked pretty had, worn out. I was honestly dumb. like yeah. I was like this guy's he's gonna fall asleep driving or something. Yeah. Because you told me that you had been like you were up for like over twenty four hours, right? Yeah, I was up for like twenty yeah. at that point. Yeah, we'd gotten up at dawn. 20, yeah, it was yeah we were up at like twenty twenty two hours driven driven five hundred miles and uh, yeah we were returning the rental car and we were done. So we got home. Thankfully, we flew on Southwest. We didn't fly on United. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what did you fly home? Uh, oh, back to Cincinnati. Frontier, Frontier. frontier. Okay, yep. yeah. So you didn't get 
tased. No, I didn't get tased. They didn't uh, bloody my mouth or yeah. anything like that. Luckily. <laughs> so what? What do you guys think? This United thing blew up in the last week uh, here. Uh, this is like I guess it's the day before Good Friday. We're recording this podcast to timestamp it here. Uh, so. Over the course of the weekend or this week, I guess United yeah. had an over a, a flight that they wound up needing to put some extra people on, and uh, and they they went to like eight hundred dollars for a new seat, and then they said we're just going to throw you off the plane at this point. What is that? What should happen, Dakota? Or what do you think? Well, you know, I think that the point needs to be made that it wasn't United Airlines that knocked this guy in the face and then dragged him off of a plane with a bloody lip. I I think it's important to note that it was actually the aviation police that did that. I mean, everybody's pointing the finger at United, but I'm sure that, you know, me being the person that I am and just being distrustful of uh, any body that is in any kind of authority, it, I want to point the finger at the aviation police before I point the finger at United. And I would also like to note the point that this dude just, I mean... He refused. Like, I know that what happened to him is horrible. Like, that shouldn't happen to people that are just trying to make it back home. But, I mean, everybody thinks that their flight is the most important. Well, this yeah. guy was a doctor, right? So right. he's, you know, mm-hmm. the, reading that, yeah, as time goes by, better yeah. stories come out, more stories come yeah, out. So I mean, there were, yeah. it was a really small plane. There were like 70 seats. There weren't that many seats to go right. with it anyway. And it was like there was a youth group with some with like some chaperones, so that was like eight of the seats for that. And then they had this doctor guy, um, and I everybody talks about how he's a doctor, and I'm thinking he's probably like a plastic surgeon, <laughs> and, right? And he's gonna yeah. do some augmentation in the morning. Everybody's like, oh, he's probably not a lifesaver guy. So he's you know it's gonna be like he's you know he's got a PhD or whatever. You know, but yeah, honestly, I, mean, I guess he was he's a legit doctor, medical doctor. Uh, the, the Louisville Courier Journal. Really oh, upset they, a lot of people. They slammed yeah. him for his past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think just my personal opinion. That's what you're here for. I just think that that's kind of messed up. I mean, like, yeah. okay, everyone it shouldn't matter. It, yeah, that really everybody shouldn't has matter. A past. You're, yeah, you're, everybody has bad parts about their past too. You're, you're a ticketed like, person on an airplane. Nobody needs to know that five years ago you got arrested yeah. and convicted for something. It has right. no bearing on the fact that you're a customer no. of an airline. Exactly. And he was, like, punished. He, he couldn't, like, practice for a while. He, right. I think it and was he, in 2015 or something he was finally able to, like, practice again or some something. Yeah. Yeah, like, the man yeah. is cleared. Just, you know, why even dig that up? In their defense, I guess what they said is they were, like, it would have been blatantly obvious. It would have been, like, uh, in Indianapolis, Tim Durham or somebody where they're, like, oh, by the way. This guy, you know, they felt like they had to write that story or mention that story. I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was the wrong. Thing I'm sure to do. people clicked yeah, on it. I think it was, but of course, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be I did. Honest, like, yeah, I clicked well, on it too. Like, so, in, because it's Gannett paper, the Louisville Courier Journal runs it. So then the USA Today picks it up, and the Indy Star does, and it just and goes on. You know, yeah. and, it's, and it's national. So, I, as a libertarian, what I was saying, and what our chairman, our national chairman Nick Sarwark, had said uh, in a great Facebook Live video a couple days ago is they should have just let the market work. So, you know, if you have to get a seat on a plane, they went to $800, and then they started just throwing people off because they were allowed to. Yeah, the right it's solution under, would like, have been, yeah. because they, were, they, they, they basically went to the federal, the federal minimum that they had to go yeah. to. Yeah. They could have spent as much money as they wanted to. So that, you right. know, and I can tell you that somebody on that plane, when they went to 1500 or 2000 2500 <laughs> somebody's going to say, yeah, let's yeah, go. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a... 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah, a very totally poor choice on United on United side because they only need one. They don't. They, yeah. they had four they needed, and they got to where they had all but one done. Some one person would have taken the deal. Yeah, so it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I just felt like it was like I said earlier. It's it should be noted that United Airlines didn't have you know like the Mick Police out here that's trademarked like in Ancapistan or something. They didn't bring these, uh, you know. Um, Black Hawk warriors down on this dude. It was it was the government that brought the police force in there and forced forcefully removed this man from his seat. So it's like anytime you have price controls, if you have price controls or you have something that you pass as a law, ultimately what happens to enforce it is guys with guns show up to make it happen. Right. It's, it always turns to violence. Yeah. So in any time, you know, if we if we set market rates, if we try to set market rates as a as a society. And we don't just freely exchange, I will trade my seat for a certain amount of money. The market doesn't work, and it's not a good transaction for everybody. And yeah. then guys and guys with guns have to show up. Yeah, right. Uh, and then medical doctors get bloodied, and, and companies lose $800, billion, $800 million in value in 24 I will say, though, the memes that have come out of this. Those have been Dude, worth it. I those oh, maybe those have been worth it. So fire. Those are like, but I kind of want to talk about like the PR. After, sure. I mean, because, of course, I... I get what you mean. I agree with you, actually. Um, how it wasn't United who pulled them off is the aviation police. Yeah. Um, but like, no matter what, you're going to get reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's crazy, even if y- you guys feel or I feel or they feel like they don't deserve it, but they're still getting it. What do you think about the PR after that with United? Do you think they should have? No, their 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 CEO was awful. The, the last thing oh, you want to yeah. do is blame your customer for their for your problem, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I mean it, that's just the guy. And then that was a mess. It was a mess. Like a, it was a yeah. textbook. What not to do, what yeah. not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like the CEO of United might have a pretty good shot of becoming the next president after all this. Like, I mean, his he's doing a really good job. He's on the fast track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. We'll get to our president in a minute. I've got some, I've got some more stuff on the rundown list here. I want to get into about the, uh, the behavior of our president. So thankfully we all got back home. We flew, we flew back home, made it, uh, hosted a little party here, Dakota, uh, <laughs> last week. Any, little. any, any comments on, uh, on Saturday night's events? I saw a lot of skin. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we, we attended, we attended a, a little We're Libertarians house party here at my place and uh, Greg uh, Greg Lenz said it looks like an autistic person parked these people here. Dakota, you, you and you guys saw my driveway earlier. My driveway safely holds about eight cars. <laughs> my yard and my driveway combined, I had nineteen cars in the yard and in the driveway. How many people did you have in the house? We were over forty. That's a party. We were over 40. <laughs> it is a party. And, and then they were parked. Greg got here late. Uh, Greg had a delay. Something. If you're in Cadiz and you're missing a mailbox, we're sorry. Greg was texting Tad. Uh, and if you also, if somebody finds Greg's mirror, he'd, he'd like it back. Um, cause it's, it's in Cadiz as well. Hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry guys. Uh, but Greg parked like three doors down. He, he was, it was just nutty how many people showed up. So Dakota was here. His fiance was here, uh, Audrey. And it, there's, there's a couple of pictures on the weird libertarians, uh, in, insider group there. Uh, did she got some ink? Yeah, she did. Oh. She got some ink. Uh, the old... TW right on the right on the back. The TW. Yep. I'm surprised that you're you you let that happen, man. Eh, you know, I'm not an overbearing tyrant. 
but you didn't get in line. I, Zach Lee got right in line. Er, Eric, Eric, Lee. Eric Lee got I right in line. I don't think Zach Lee would have Zach probably would it. not have, no. He had to work. He had to make some real money. But right. Eric Lee, our, our, our friend Eric here from here in Newcastle, yep. uh, another fellow in the libertarian sphere over here, he... Uh, he got the full Tad Western, right? right yeah, he got did. a full Tad Western. See, Audrey <laughs> just got the TW, and he got the full Tad uh, Western right there's on the more, headquarters. There's more real estate to work with with Eric <laughs> than there is with Audrey. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you went there. All right, so so that was the party. Yeah, uh, see, and I woke up the next morning, and you're texting me telling me to get down to Stacks. Yeah, we went to we and, had we had a great time. You know, I felt horrible, <laughs> and Audrey was still... Uh, if she, I was, she was still there, like she was still. She was still pretty, party mode. Pretty close to the level as what she was when she left, but I woke up and she's laying in the bed next to me, and I look over and I had completely forgot about the Tad Western. <laughs> <laughs> I look over and it's just like it's like right there, and I just died laughing. And she's like, "What are you laughing at?" <laughs> so I, did, I just traced my finger over it and she she just died it was hilarious oh my god what a what a time so yeah, it was a great time we're uh we'll have some more of those i try to have a, a little party for the wall wall empire people uh to come together get our east east friends and our our, our uh heck we had people come there were people here from michigan Lisa Crosby's from from Newcastle originally, longtime friend of mine. She flew up from Miami. She legitimately bought a ticket. That's and flew crazy. Up I know and, her. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You know Lisa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she flew up and hung wow. out with us for for a couple of days. So it was it's crazy the the draw we have. <laughs> Just yeah. have some fun and unite around a couple good ideas. Yeah, it was it was a really good time. I was disappointed that Dakota couldn't stay with us, but he's uh, you've got <laughs> you've got a dog. Dodger. Dodger. Her name's Dodger. <laughs> she named after the baseball team or something else? Well, first of all, he's a male. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I'm 100% for certain. And my other dog is a female. Her name is Daisy. Sounds like a bitch. Yeah. She. Yes, yeah, she is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a, a 10-month-old German Shepherd. Dodger is a German Shepherd mix. He was a rescue dog he's whenever impure. I he's got him. He's not pure German. No, he's not. He's 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 close, All but, right. you know. Well, we'll spare him that much. Well, he was a rescue dog. Whenever I got him, like, don't make this too sad. I don't. Want no, he's crying. not. It's not gonna be sad. Like he's a great. He's a great dog. And well, he uh, he got hit by a car. All right. This is before I got him. This is why he was at the rescue center. So they had to do a hip replacement surgery. And uh, we your uh, dog has a bionic hip. Yes, he has a bionic hip. That's wild. So let's start out with there. So he has to take glucosamine. We'll keep a we'll keep count on our fingers here. He One. has to take glucosamine supplements for his hip. Then about a year after I had him, he started having seizures. So he has epilepsy. Wow. Therefore we had to put him on phenobarbital. Um so there's two. Two medications that he has to take at every meal. Um well, he had an episode a few weeks ago. This dog has more problems than Brett Bittner already. Yeah. And we See, know, everybody knows what we think of Bittner. He, he gained so much weight on the phenobarb. It, it's phenomenal. How, he old weighed, it, how old is this dog? Uh, he just turned five in February. Wow. So, yeah. He was... Uh, he You've was, only got ten more years of this ahead of him. <laughs> yeah. He was 45 pounds whenever I got him. Um, after he was put on the phenobarbital... 
he is now up to 68 whenever I took him to the vet last. I mean, he's gained a lot of weight. So anyway, he had a he had an episode a few weeks ago. So the vet wants to put him on a new medication that is secondary to phenobarbital. So there's a third medication, right? He, he this dog also comes with some special items. He does. Doesn't he wear diapers? Oh yeah. Well, see, he wears <laughs> diapers because like what? like most dogs and people, whenever they have seizures, you know, you lose control of your bowels. He's never pooped in the house, but he always pees, and he'll be like laying on his back, going full seizure, and it's just a stream of urine. So I always I put him in diapers whenever he goes to sleep. But I got him some washable ones. He likes them a lot more than the disposable ones. <laughs> yeah. So Dakota, I mean, he's a good dog. Dakota can't hang out with us overnight. He's no. he's like, oh, I've got to go home and and feed my dog sixteen medications and put a diaper <laughs> yeah. on him before he and, goes uh, to bed. And I drop. <laughs> And his so he has a glaucoma too. What's well, the he has a uh, rare disease that only German shepherds get that uh, causes their eyes to become cloudy and fog over. So he uh, he's partially blind. He's totally blind in one eye and partially blind in the other. So you have to give him eye drops once Your a day. Dog needs a seeing eye dog, Dakota. Yep, he does. And then there's Daisy, and she's just she's wild. So you you watch The Office? Yeah. And you know Dwight Schrute. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know Angela. Yeah. And there was this one time Angela asked Dwight to go go give, uh, some, I don't know what the hell the dog cat's name was. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, go, go give it some medication. Oh, yep. And and, then, and, and yep. I think I think this is what needs to happen <laughs> with Dodger. See, Dodger's a little bit different than Old Yeller that was referenced in The Office. Well, that was referenced in the group chat. Yeah. He's a little bit different. How so? Because Old Yeller got what was coming to him. <laughs> I, at some point, they become a burden, man. And when you run out of fingers on a hand for the number of things that your dog needs, I love my uh, pets. I mean, I don't even notice it, though. Like, there was a time where it was like, I was paying like $85 a month for the medication. Are you serious, dude? Yeah, and it oh. just seemed like it was like way too much. Like, it was getting to a burden at that point. But then I got um, like one of those prescription medicine cards, you know, and I stopped going. Is your going. dog on Obamacare? <laughs> no, it's like one of those ones that you your, just pick up at the pharmacy. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like randomly. So I like, I so I stopped going to the vet for the medication because they ran out one day. And they're like, well, you can go to Walmart, but we're not sure, you know, how much it's going to cost because it's an actual pharmacy. I walk in there, and I have the little card with me, and the medication took it all down from $85 to $30. You don't need a prescription? No, they, the vet calls it in for me. The vet calls the Walmart pharmacy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is so complicated. I, That's wild, man. Just just That's... put put the dog in the freezer <laughs> with, <laughs> with the corn, and it'll be peaceful eventually, <laughs> and you'll get your life back, man. And then two weeks later, you get a puppy. Oh. I already got a puppy. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's I, I don't know how to help you. It's uh, yeah. He's a good dog, though. Yeah, I understand. I I love Riley. I've got the yellow lab. He's a farty, farty, farty thing, but he's uh, he's a good pup. Uh, barely fits through doggy door. He likes the pool, and then he f- comes back through the the doggy door. Did you notice it at the party where the doggy door is? 
Yeah. It comes into the master bath, the bathroom yeah, downstairs. The bathroom. Oh. So you go, you go out from the backyard, and it, so if somebody's in there, it's a nice little surprise. Lisa, going back to this party thing, Lisa Crosby shows up and she brings a guest book for my bathroom to sign oh, in. It was hilarious. And oh, you get to read it. And it's like, how how was the toilet paper? How long did you spend here? Which you know, it asked like all kinds of survey questions That's, about the environment. Yeah, did you, and did you, everybody votes badly about the privacy because there's a dog door. <laughs> So it's the window. <laughs> oh, and the if you window. sit down on that toilet, it's like, hello, like, hi. Well, and then so the 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 door doesn't lock right either. So there, there are, I mean, who puts clear windows in a bathroom? I didn't like, do that's, it. I know, but it's, it's poor <laughs> architecture. Like that. There's uh, there's two more bathrooms upstairs here. This house is full of bathrooms, so I. It's only the newbies yeah. that go. So down I there. started going into the master bath because it's Did got you, you just started using down, mine? It's got the heat lamps. Those how are could sweet. you not? You have to check those out, you Patrick. Have heat lamps. This house is built in the '60s. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, I guess it, if you want to drip dry, there's a light switch and there's two big red uh, chick, chick brooder lights. Yeah, heat That's crazy, dry. man. I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I got heat lamps. Living in luxury. It man. is. It is a luxury lifestyle, <laughs> no doubt. Three thousand square feet, two and a half, or three three garage spaces. Uh, four bedrooms, two and a half baths, and heat lamps. It's pretty good. That's nice. You should move to Newcastle. <laughs> you can afford... Hell, even Dakota owns a house, and he's like 22. It's, I'm it's 21. 21, yeah. And he's, you know... This is, a, this is a land of opportunity, if you're willing to do it. Yep. So, I will uh, reintroduce everybody here. Remember, I am a new radio host, or a podcaster. I, this is Stolen Equipment. Uh, the, the board we got from Spangle. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, the... Uh, the host of the Boss Hog for Liberty, and or Boss Hog of Liberty. I guess it's the Boss Hog of Liberty, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Is that is that our name? Yeah, that's our right. name. And then the voice you hear is Dakota Davis, the uh, the newly elected, by the way, yeah. chairman of the Henry County Libertarian Party. Yeah, wild. You're big time. Yep. You forced out Jesse Riddle. Your, yeah, like your coup a, worked. Like a year ago, I was a Republican. Yeah. So, how's that work? Well... You were too, though, right? I was, yeah. Back so I was, yeah. and then uh, Patrick Patrick Calvert here, yeah. finishing my reset as I try to try to be an amateur radio host. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a Republican originally. I was, uh, you know, in high school, I was involved in politics and interested. So I was like, uh, the second district congressman was uh, was David McIntosh, who leads the Club for Growth now. Nice. Uh, and my dad was a, a union auto worker at uh, at Chevrolet or New Venture Gear in Muncie, Indiana. And uh, my dad and David met outside one day. David was kind of talking to folks, and he got me hooked up. Where I, the day before the election, uh, I got on the uh, the tour bus going around the district with David and his wife Ruthie and a bunch of other volunteers. And he, and he invited us every year after that. So I wow. took that route with him and got to know him and saw yeah. him, which was always cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, until he left Congress and he actually ran for governor. Uh, so I guess it was probably two thousand. He ran for governor of Indiana. Uh, and Mike Pence had won the Republican primary. So the day they came through the second district at the time, it's now the sixth. Uh, it was it was radio host Mike Pence. It wasn't Vice President Pence. It wasn't Governor Pence. It wasn't Congressman Pence. It was radio host Mike Pence Man, and Congressman David McIntosh and us. And we rode around the second district in a motorhome. And there was a bus for other people. And we just hung out. It was crazy. The access I had as like a high school kid was yeah. nutty. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I've never had anything like that because. Yeah. Like, my parents aren't super political. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a yeah. political household. So, like, I don't know. I haven't – like, I care and stuff. Like, right. I'm a journalist. I write about this stuff. But it's uh, one of those deals we fell into where he, you know, yeah. he ran across my dad and it started. That's wild, man. And then, uh, and then I volunteered. So, I, you know, in 2012, I ran for state rep 
uh, and I happened to run against Tom Saunders. Well, at the same time, I'd gotten involved. There's pictures of me when I was in high school wearing Tom Saunders for state rep shirts when he was running the first time. <laughs> we went door to door for him. So, and we're friends. It's just you yeah. know politically. Um, and this is a great segue, actually, Patrick. Thanks for bringing us here. Oh, we're good. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I have continued to learn about libertarianism, and I got tired in 2000. I guess it was 2008. I voted for John McCain in 2008. Okay, but that right at that time was when I was making my shift. I see. And that was the last Republican presidential candidate I voted for. But they were saying the same stuff, and they were they were totally all about the establishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marlon Stutzman was not – he was a state senator at the time in Indiana, and he had run for state – he wanted to run for senator. He had been running for senator for about six months, and then Evan Byam said, hey, I'm not running for senator anymore. So they called the senator from Virginia, uh, <coughs> Dan Coates, brought him in, totally cast off Marlon – Threw him to the side, and uh, that was kind of when I said it doesn't matter anymore. This is this is like this isn't a party for me. I, I can't. See. These guys yeah. don't. They all they care about is you know, they don't care about principle anymore. They just completely care about uh, winning, and they're opportunistic, and they don't. They just don't give a damn. So that was my transition, and that kind of started it. Yeah. So 2012, there was a guy running for president, and I supported Gary Johnson in the LP. Uh, but you know, every every cycle is a. Uh, is a learning experience for us, but then there's also these guys that are that are running that that shape the shape the race and give you ideas. Uh, 2016, Dakota came along, and you actually were a, a, a guy that liked uh, Austin Peterson quite a bit, yeah, right? I was an Austin Peterson fan. Yeah, still am. Absolutely. Uh, so there was a fellow in 2012. The main competition for Gary Johnson was a guy named, guy named Lee Wrights. Okay. Not very. I mean, he was very homely looking. He's a libertarian from Texas. Not not polished. Not put together in any way. You know, small budget. Uh, libertarian guy had no real hopes of actually winning, but he was there for his message. And his his message at the time, which I didn't understand, but it, it kind of resonated. And all wars. He was talking about two things. He was talking about the war on drugs, and he was talking about the war in Iraq or Afghanistan or all of those. So, in it, it makes sense to me economically. Where it, no matter what you think about the war on drugs, and you know where you feel about it, we spend trillions of dollars, and we've gotten nowhere. We just made the problem worse with the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. That's so that thing. one, that one, I understood quite right away. But as a, coming from the Republican side, I'm like, you know, I, I'm still I'm a guy that doesn't smoke weed. I like, it's not for me. Yeah. I get I get drug tested at work. I, I've never touched it, never needed to. It's you know, if you want to, fine, whatever. I don't care. Yeah, just rather drink a beer. But I would rather drink a beer and you know have a good time that way. So that's fine. So, but then the, this war deal, uh, end all wars. Well, <laughs> foreign policy. We continued. <laughs> At a minimum, the way I look at the world, and, I, and you guys can share it where you're at and you know your your view of things, and it, I guarantee it continues to change for us all as we yeah, go along. Definitely. But yeah. I graduated high school in 2001, right? So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I graduated high school in 2001. That's crazy. I start my first full-time job, <laughs> and I'm sitting at work at the, the place I still work now, and you know, 9-11 happens. So oh, we yeah. go to war the year I graduated high school, and we've been at war ever since. We've never stopped. Yeah. So it's my been entire that way my life, whole life. Going on. yeah, yeah. Dakota's born in, God, I don't even know, ninety six. Yeah, I was yeah. born ninety seven. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're four that's years all I've old. Known. Yeah, yeah, like that's pretty much like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I um, I actually remember seeing the images on TV, but that's it. Sure. It's like very mm-hmm. basic. Um, yeah, it's the same way for me. Yeah. 
but I don't remember much from the day, but I know everything after, <laughs> for the most part. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so Lee Wright's deal was let's end all wars, and I, you know, I, I, sure that makes sense. But today, t- today's the day that the uh, the United States dropped the Moab. Yeah, the in mother, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, the mother of all, all bombs, bombs or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just striking. Like, I'm, I, I don't know what we're doing anymore. I understand that we're fighting ISIS. But we don't we don't declare wars as a country. Yeah. We don't follow the constitution. Yeah. We we have presidents that you know. Last week, all of a sudden, we dropped or th- launched tw- 59, 59, 59, 59 tomahawk, tomahawk. Yep. missiles in Syria. When I I'm not convinced, and you, and this is another reason I brought Patrick on. You've you got you're like a minor. You have a minor in, uh, in so Middle I, East studies. I study Arabic at Ball State, and okay. then this isn't really like a qualification, but uh, I've. There's a lot of Saudis at Ball State. Sure. Um, and I you're, much, you're much more in the culture than yeah, the rest of us. I'll I pretty much live with them for the whole, like, fresh, my whole freshman year. And then I've done stories about, you know, people who, like, I did a story about a guy who um, was a rebel uh, during the Libyan Revolution um, against Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah. He was a driver. He drove weapons, food, uh, took injured people back. And then um, there's also a teacher at Ball State. I'm going to a story about this. Um, who is from Mosul, Iraq, which if you know anything about Mosul, it was invaded by ISIS. and uh, Right up on the mic, Patrick. Oh, it was invaded by ISIS in 2014, um, and he was there, and the stories about him trying to escape. And he got here on the, um, I think it's called the Rescue Scholar Fund. Okay. He, he worked at uh, Mosul University. But So I have an idea about all, all these things. I'm actually working on a story coming up about um, – male guardianship in Saudi Arabia. So I've been interviewing like Saudi men and women um, about their views on their country and women's rights, I guess, because it's a little bit more. But yeah. All right. So, so my background. So uh, help help me understand your view on this. Thing. Okay. So, so, so we've, you know, we, Obama had been in office and, and the Russians have kind of grown their influence in Syria and in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took over Crimea, Crimea and, yep. and, the, and the U.S. Cr- never really yep. did anything. Yep. They drew, you know, what they call the red line in the sand, and then we didn't follow it through. Uh, so we've gotten to where we are now, where it seems like the U.S. is doing this, you know, we're, we're this very aggressive force. Yeah. Or show of force, where we, you know, we're actively practicing on the South Korean, North Korean border. We're moving battle carriers around. We're bombing Syria. We dropped the Moab today. First time we've ever done it yeah. in Afghanistan. So I guess t- paint the picture of what you what you think's happening, where okay. this is going. So um yeah, things are more I guess like high end escalated, I guess. Um just because like Russia's in there now and we um bombed that Syrian um air base um with which, the, which which had Russian troops present. Yeah. On the so base. like obviously that's a scare. Um that's scary. But uh you gotta kind of think about this um it's not just Russia. It's not just the United States. Of course, we're heavy influencers in the region, but we have Saudi Arabia funding groups in Syria with the U.S. Right. Um, against um, ISIS and also against Bashar al-Assad, which is the leader of Syria. Um, and this has been happening. This has been happening since like 2013, 2012. It's kind of an... Uh, Start with like the Arab Spring, went through Libya, Egypt, Tunisia, um, and then it hit Syria, and now it's been this long ass, sorry, but civil war. Right. Um, and it's super complicated because you also have Iran, 
um, which there's a group called Hezbollah, um, which is in Lebanon, which is um, they support them and they support the Syrian um, Bashar al-Assad. And it's, it's like the civil war where you've almost got four different factions. It's a, it's going a on, right? huge proxy war. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. Right. And you got you know the U.S. funding groups. You have other countries in the U- EU you funding have groups. It's so people in the U.S. funding. Yeah, different groups. It's so complicated. Like uh, some people, f- I I can't deal with people who think this is so basic. This is super complicated. Yeah. Now the recent stuff that's been going, like gassing, um, that's that's happened before, um, and civilians have been dying for like it's a, a civil long war. time. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is this isn't anything new. Um, this isn't anything new. Like it's just now you you know I was surprised when Russia came in. Uh, I think that was last year or so. Right. And I was like, shit, like this is. This is gonna. People are gonna be stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, and it's real now. So now, especially now, it's heightened. I, I understand. And the war on like ISIS is very complicated. So like that bombing today, I was shocked. I saw on Twitter. I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but it's it's this is it's, very complicated. This is a bomb we didn't drop in Iraq. We didn't drop it in any you know under. This is the third president I think that at least that's had the opportunity to drop this, and they never have. Right. Yeah, it, it was just kind of came out had, of nowhere. Where you, had, all of a sudden they drop, you know, it, it's the biggest thing that's not a nuclear weapon in, in yeah. the United States arsenal. And it was it was built um, during like uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom or yeah, whatever it was called. Uh, but they didn't have to use it because the resistance wasn't. It, wasn't it was strong, pretty easy right. to get in there, and, right? Um, and it wasn't that we didn't have intel about places where they were set. That were so secluded from civilians. Yeah. Which, okay, I'm. I mean, I'm not a Trump supporter yeah. by any means of the word, but I mean, I will agree with some of the things that he's done. Like, I'm not blinded by party politics. There are things that Trump has done that I agree with, and I think that if you're going to wage some kind of a war, then you actually do it. I mean, like, you just. Here's the thing that we've been doing for the past decades is we've been going over there and we've been wimpily throwing our, we've been flicking our wrist at things going on because we want to stay there as long as what we can, you know. No, we we want to continue to have influence and that. Right, and like it is a battle for influence, but we're not going in there for like we're going in there for influence, but instead of having influence in places like how we do in Japan, how we do in Germany. In other places around the globe, we're going there, like saying, "Hey, we can, we can do this," but we never will. Yeah. Like, and that's that's kind of my view on on foreign policy or what, what's developed. Is I've, you remember Pat Buchanan? He was kind of he was almost he an sounds, isolationist type guy. He ran for president familiar. a few times I've, in the nineties. Okay, so he, I, I he the primaried name. President Bush the first, in ninety two, I believe, and and then he ran again in ninety six as like a. Rep- or maybe 2000s or reform camp. He ran in 2000. He was the Gore, Buchanan, Nader, you know, Bush thing. Uh, so he ran for president about three times in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, but he had a, a view of a foreign policy that was kind of an isolationist or America first thing. And that's a lot of what Trump talked about in his inaugural, where he talked about pulling back right. America first. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was optimistic. It didn't last very long. Uh, but I was optimistic that, you know, we've got... We're in like 150 countries around the world with military stations. Yeah. Why are we doing that? 
You know, I would yeah. much rather say, let's bring everybody back to the United States, have our bases here, and then as we need to, we declare a war, we get into a skirmish, we've got the Navy, we can we can still function, but we don't have to have these people in this huge military presence around the world. We can have the, I don't yeah. mind if we have a huge military. Yeah. Let's just keep those guys in the United States until, or the guys and gals in the U.S. Right. until it's not, until we need to move them out. Yeah. Uh, and whenever you have really good friends and family that join the military, it it becomes more real. Absolutely. You know, it becomes a lot more real whenever stuff like this happens. And then whenever things happen, like we bomb Syria and Russia starts speaking out against our actions, it becomes real for people like you and I sitting yeah. here that are young. That are 20, 21, 22. Males. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, and you've got your SSA card or you've, uh, you're, you're exactly. on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, I told Spangle the other day he picked a bad time to be able to fit back into two X shirts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You just well, I'd start. I'd give up that diet and start. You don't want to be just small enough that they're going to take you and get you into shape to go get your ass kicked over there. But I don't know. It is very very complicated because. Our allies are different than other people's allies. We have, like, Kurdistan, which they have mm-hmm. been, uh, the Kurdish people have been fighting ISIS for a long There's a city called, a, I can't pronounce it right. I think it's Cobain or Kobani. But this was, like, two years ago. But that was, like, a huge, I mean, it was, like, a long fight. But um, the coalition airstrikes were there and everything. But then you have Turkey, who the government, um, I guess, isn't really too fond of the Kurdish people and they don't want them to have their own state because Kurdistan isn't a state. It's in Northern Iraq. Right. Um, but you have Kurds, um, in Northern Syria too. And there's right. cl- so clashes there's with them too. Po- so it's the political lines don't necessarily mean yeah. anything because they're drink- drawn by the Western world. It's, it's not where yeah, people right. live. Right. Exactly. It's yeah. Political lines and culture lines clashing within a multicultural and, and political civil war. And then you also have sectarian differences. So um, I actually read this really awesome book. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's written by this journalist, and it's about the Islamic State um, and how it was formed and all this stuff. But um, with Shia and Sunni, uh, two different sects of Islam, um, they pretty much like... Are we talking like Baptist versus Catholics kind of thing? Kind of like Catholics? that, yeah turned on it against each other um you had um i mean this goes all the way back to saddam hussein and um his army and then like the u.s came in fired all those people these people don't have jobs anymore um their jobs were the army you know and so what do they do um they don't have any money they know how to fight that's what their training is so mercenaries then you have these uh, these uh groups come up um that resistance groups i guess if that's what you want to call them or whatever um but it's complicated you have so many different rebel groups you have uh, it used to be called jabha al-nusra but i think it's al-sham now they changed their name or something you have al-qaeda you have isis there's so many groups um you have hezbollah which is another group that is it's right so complicated so so where's where's this gonna go are we are we gonna be declaring war in syria Uh, in the next two or three months, are we? Is this just going to fizzle out and be like Bosnia, where it's done and over with? What's 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 going to happen, Patrick? Uh, I can't predict the future, but I don't. I can't imagine us declaring a war. Yeah, 
And it, I think we that are in better, war. Congre- Congress yeah. authorizes. Yeah, so I don't think that it's going to be I like that. It's the better be... question to ask is: Should we declare war in Syria? I guess if we're practically, are, but I, I don't know about that. Man. I, in my view, if we're going to do this stuff, I think we ought to at least be honest with ourselves. We That's haven't declared true. a war since World War Two. Yeah, but we've been constantly in but conflicts, we're, we're constantly dropping these conflicts, bombs, and you know? I. I, I want to follow. I want to follow our process. And if if we're really going to have, if we're really going to be in a war, let's clearly define what the hell we're trying to accomplish, and let's let's get on the same page, mm-hmm. and let's go do it. And I but think that let's not spend the next two generations not going anywhere and just continuing to to send right. our fans and family. Out which there. is which is why I would rather see a Moab strike than drone strikes. Personally, I would rather see things get done than flicking our wrists at and pretending that the Islamic State is a fly in the room. Like, I, you know, we, if you're going to do something about it, then do something about it. Stop playing games and messing around. You declare war and you fix the problem you if go. there's a problem. Yeah, I, get, I do get that. I understand. Um, it's the vacuum that you create, right? It's so, the vacuum right. that you create. You have to worry almost, about civilians. Yeah. Um, so, like, in most, this, this isn't this doesn't happen on a on a battlefield where nobody's around. This is happening in in cities, yeah, in people's neighborhoods, yeah. And when you know when civilians are killed, that could make family members That's be angry towards someone. a certain group, either us or. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's. I understand what you mean and everything, but uh, it's a balancing act. If you if you like accidentally kill some innocent people, they might turn to a jihadist group or something. Oh, yeah. um, same thing, not just us, but like with um, the president of Syria. We're just um, gonna bomb them into loving us. Is what we're gonna do. I, yeah. I it's this. I I love Middle Eastern politics. I'm so interested in all this stuff. But man, it gives me a headache. Are you gonna make a trip? You're gonna try to get out there at some point. W- one day, one day in my life, I want to go out there. Uh, I have a lot of friends in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that sounds might sound a little crazy to you guys, but um, I'd be all right. Um, I have friends in California, and that's crazy too. So. <laughs> I have friends in Jordan. I have friends in Kuwait, and they're always like, "Patrick, if you come over here, like if I go, if I wanted to go to Saudi Arabia, I'd have to have one of them host me. I can't sure. just go in. Right. But like Jordan, I could go in probably Kuwait." Um, you're probably on some lists too. You have all these connections probably. all over the world. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that my libertarian politics has gotten me on some in some files around the world. Well, I I do a lot of research on this, and then like one time I was in I was interviewing someone for a story. And I left my backpack in this uh, the student center at Ball State, and I get a call from the police, and I'm like, they're like, hey, you left your bag, whatever. And I remembered, oh, I have my ISIS book in there. <laughs> it's written by a journalist, but I was like, these guys are going to put me on a list and. So I, I went and got my bag, and they didn't say anything. Well, this was like last semester. But last week, I was in the same building, and the guy must have known me or something. He's like, don't leave your bag again. You're on a list. And I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> it was kind of funny, um, but uh, it was a university police officer. Yeah. But um, I'm probably on a list somewhere because I – Look up all. I, I read this book and I look up these, you know, right. You're looking up jihadist leaders and stuff, and it's just like, oh, what's this guy doing? No, I'm a journalist. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. But well, very good. For the record, I just want to put out there that I would rather us not have any position in the Middle East. Yeah, my whole argument was you, you that want to have the war with Mexico first, don't you? That's right. Yeah. Build the wall and bomb them. 
Build the you wall. want you want an easy you know like a, you want to play the the Washington yeah. Generals first and, and yeah and have a have an easy battle before you go America back over there. first, buddy. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think we're going to solve any more of the world's problems on yeah. the international stage today. Uh, How much time we got? That's I can a good conversation. About fifteen minutes. You got a what? I can solve them all in about fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, we'll do that on the Dakota Davis show if that ever exists. <laughs> it won't. We'll uh, let's go around the room and in conclusion here. Any final thoughts, Dakota? You got uh, got anything for us? Uh, no Cosmo articles tonight. No, no Cosmo article. But I was going to look one up, but things ended up getting a little bit serious around here, which doesn't happen very often. But I'm glad it did. It was. I think we made a good podcast here. Right. So uh, if you want to see more of me, then you can check out my Snapchat and look me up on Facebook. What's your Snapchat? Have... What are the digits? How do we find you? <sighs> see, I don't. You don't know any of this. Yeah, you're not. Well, I mean, you can look, you thing, can look up my Facebook, and it's on my it's in my Facebook bio. <laughs> All right, so, so what's your, I mean what's your Facebook? Uh, Facebook.com slash Dakota Davis or what? Yeah, Dakota. I think there's a period between Dakota and Davis. So, all right, you figure that out. Very good. Well, yeah. uh, we thank you for for co-hosting again today, Dakota. Patrick, the uh, this is probably the last time Patrick's going to join me because I'm convinced that he's going to be big time on CNN I'm or Fox that, News dude, very have, soon. It's so competitive. Like, I've been trying to get an internship in New York City. I've applied everywhere, and like, I thought I had good clips, good resume, good everything. But I haven't got anything back. It's rough. Well, but maybe, one day, maybe this is the big break. Maybe this is. Maybe this is. There are someone's going to hear me. And that's right, like, and they're going to be like, "Hire that guy. We're going to hire Patrick. <laughs> We're going to put him at the New York Post but by, by one, July. One day I'll be somewhere. Don't worry. All I'll right, be somewhere. You'll say. So, what did you like most about me? I heard you on the Boss Hog. <laughs> that's right. He was on the We Are Libertarians Network on their lowest rated show. That <laughs> one time he was on episode two. I was one of the 18 Tad's people. already up to 12. The Tadcast is up to 12. We're at 2, Dakota. We need to pick this up. <laughs> wow. We're already... We're, we're at the second episode. Spengler hasn't canceled us yet. So how do we follow you? If people want to um, add you, follow you, follow your career. So all my social media... Um, don't add me on Snapchat. <laughs> if you want, I guess you can. But uh, Twitter, Instagram... I guess I'll include Snapchat, but it's not news. So um, it's at Midwest Patrick. No, uh, no spaces. Just how it's spelled, Midwest so Patrick. It's Midwest Patrick. Um, and then if you really want to read my stuff or watch my – I do video um, and I write too. Um, www.patrickallencalvert.com. Um, so it's Patrick how it's spelled. Allen is A-L-A-N and Calvert is C-A-L-V-E-R-T. My nice. best like stories are on there and my bio. Yeah, my resume is on there if you want to hire me. Um That'd be cool, I guess. Awesome. Uh, yep. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Patrick. I know you're 25 hours in or so, and I hey, got you no one problem. cup of coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm wide awake now. It's so weird. I had so much fun. So. That's great. That's well, cool. very good. Well, thanks, everybody, for following. I don't have any final uh, final thoughts today. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, I did have a guy, funny quick story as we're signing off here. My Gmail is jeremiahmorrill at gmail.com. Very. I was first. I'm like OG Jeremiah Morrill. I got the first one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's a fellow. I won't give too much about it away about the guy. He's got the same name as me, but he's got one letter different. Oh. I get these emails today <laughs> in my inbox, and the ins- his ins- his insurance company is paying him significant amount of money, and it's in my inbox. I'm getting these his homeowners insurance claims. I'm like, well, man, that routing number is not going to come to me. You got to you got to <laughs> adjust this thing. <laughs> so uh yeah, we looked I actually called the insurance guy. I'm like, "Hey, uh I, I don't 
yeah, this other Jeremiah, his, uh, it's not his address. So I'm, I feel sorry that I, I was the first one on the Gmail train and he didn't get it, but I'm Jeremiah Morrill. So Jeremiah Morrill on the Gmail, on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeremiah Morrill. Uh, and that's probably the only place I really post regularly. A little on the Instagram, but I'm more of a lurker over there. Snapchat, you really don't care to see that. Uh, it's pretty boring. That's just me driving around, wandering the Midwest in my sales career. Uh, it's not boring. It's depressing. It is depressing. There's not much to I'm it. I'm kind of jealous of it. I see it. I'm like, this guy's going everywhere. Yeah. he's Look, he's in Dayton again. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. It's still so, cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for being here. Uh, we'll get this thing posted. And uh, I, I don't know if this is going to be a weekly podcast or how much it's going to come out, but... Uh, Subscribe. We do appreciate uh, appreciate all the listeners. Uh, find us on SoundCloud. Uh, if you like it, review it on uh, on the. Uh, yeah, I'm not an Apple guy. I'm a Droid guy. But uh, I know in the iTunes store you can review the podcast and give it five stars there. Uh, maybe we'll be the uh, the best new coming show. I think just the art alone, the Boss Hog of Liberty art that Spengel came up with is, is going to be... <laughs> we got to be better than Tad Western. We, we, we're coming for you, Tad. Yeah. We're, I don't have... I don't have Miranda's assets, but I think we can come after Tad. Yeah. Don't make me sick daughter on you, Tad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, very good. Thank you to uh, Spangle uh, and all of the We Are Libertarians uh, uh, contributors. Uh, jump on the uh, the PayPal. K- kick a little money into Spangle. Let him know that Boss Hog Liberty is the, uh, the reason why he did it. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.